Hey, it's Daniel Wanderneer, Season 3, Episode 5. So, quick editor note, um, as I always listen to most of these episodes, I made a slight error. And I said that Yoji performed in front of 20,000 people. But in reality, I was drastically incorrect. It was actually 200,000. So, sorry about that, Yoji. Sorry about that, my fellow listeners. But just so you know, it's 200,000, not 20,000. Anyway, here's the episode. Hey, it's Daniel here from the Wanderneer Podcast. It's season three, episode five. I am s- soaked in my Honda Civic, but nonetheless, we're here with Yoji just talking about life, music, her collaboration with Nico Bryant in the song Christmas Bay, her new project, Retro Romance. And then we also just talked about the experiences of her performing with Cool Gang and opening up for them. So without further ado, here is Yoji telling us about her experience of performing with over 20,000 people. The Wandering Ear questions. So the first one is, tell me about the time that you performed in front of 200,000 people at the O2 Arena as support act for Cool and the Gang at the Electric Soul Festival. How do you feel? So... Um, that was amazing. Um, that's definitely the biggest crowd that I've ever performed to, um, to date. Um, it was just, it was really surreal and an out of body experience when I was on that stage. Um, it was everything I've always aspired to be able to perform at an arena and I I really hope to do more. Um, and it was really strange to, to connect with such a huge amount of people at once um but I really felt that connection um especially when I did my song when I performed my song Twinkle Star um the audience put their torches on and it kind of created the um the scene for the song um and also just felt like I was really connecting with the people um it was fantastic to be on such a an amazing lineup. Uh, we had obviously Call in the Gang, we had Heather Small from the M People, Level 42, and the brand new Heavies. So it was such, um, I guess it was a lineup of legends and people that I'd listened to growing up. Um, so it was amazing to be able to share the stage and be part of that experience. Um, it was also quite like a life affirming feel that I was doing the right thing. I mean, I've always wanted to. Um, to perform uh, but this was a challenge because it was the most people I've ever performed for so when I was waiting behind uh, backstage I was thinking you know this is the moment to really know how it feels um, to play an arena you know you've you've <laughs> you've kind of got to enjoy it because if you don't then uh, you know you've spent all this time trying to get to this you know perform on this kind of scale um, but yeah it was amazing something just kind of took over me and I just performed the songs, um, you know, as if I was performing them to a smaller group of people. It kind of felt the same, uh, just, yeah, intimate, even though it was a large group of people. So, yeah, it was an amazing feeling and it was great to be able to bring my 
um, my dad, who's my manager along. And, um, you know, we saw the other artists backstage. We had our own dressing room, um, just things like that. It was a really nice um, to be able to celebrate as well. The after party, there was Trevor Nelson was performing a DJ set and my family and some friends came down and we all danced in the evening. So it was it was really lovely. So, question two. What was going on in your mind when you were performing at BBC Radio 4? How did it feel? Um, so, that was a very strange performance, actually, because it was just... I think it was just after the UK had gone into lockdown. Um, so, I'd been invited to perform um, one of my songs and to have a little chat on the radio. Um, I know this is a Seattle-based um, magazine and radio, so... Um, I think you have the BBC there, but this Radio 4 is like a national um, radio station. They invited me onto the breakfast show and they were doing a series, I think it was most mornings, they would invite different musicians to come and play and then talk a bit about how the lockdown was affecting them. This was also quite a strange situation because I was performing the song in my bedroom um, through a phone without any kind of microphone set up. It was kind of in the early days of, um, you know, trying to incorporate live performances and um, connect people from home. So, yeah, so I was singing into my phone and it was really strange to think I'm performing this in my bedroom, but there's millions of people listening to this. Um, so that was very strange. It was really, really nice to connect with people on that level as well. I had a, a few people that had heard me on the radio because it's quite a an interesting show on Radio 4 in the mornings with, like I said, with the topics and discussions. So that was a really cool experience. And it was just really a nice pick-me-up as well because I, th I think a lot of musicians were feeling, you know, that we'd had our, especially if we were performing for a living, like what I was doing, we'd kind of had our craft taken away from us and it was a little reminder that there's um you know there are some other ways that I might be able to engage with people and it was just a really lovely opportunity um to receive at that time I performed my song called Life Like Jazz on the show because I felt like it really captured what I was going through even though I'd I'd co-written this song with my friend Ephraim Greenland a few years before but this song Life Like Jazz kind of it talks about the sporadic nature of being a musician and kind of p comparing that to jazz music, how you never really know what's going to happen next. Um, and influences were like Nina Simone um, for that song. So, yeah, I, I felt like at that time it was like, you know, music can take you to some really exciting opportunities and then, you know, it can all be swept from under your feet. Um so yeah, that kind of captured how I felt and I was hoping that maybe people might connect on to that song as well. So the next question is, share with us the meaning behind the song Head Can't Be Turned. Why did you write this song? So I guess I better put a bit of um, context behind this song because there was kind of a few different inspirations. It was not only something that was happening in my life, but something that was very popular at the time um, that I was watching called Love Island and um, in the British Love Island there's a phrase um, you know oh his head might turn and 
it was kind of the idea that you you can never really trust your partner because that someone else might come in to the picture and their head could be turned around and they might be interested to look the other way and um yeah so I I kind of had that idea of the phrase and then I also felt like you know when I watched it I did used to feel like feel I used to feel bad for some of the women on the show because they because of the confidence so in my situation there was someone that was coming on to my partner um in front of me and you know I felt a bit like oh this is a bit I'm not very comfortable with this and um yeah I did feel a bit awkward about it but then I thought I could turn this around and make this a confident thing and think rather than a lot of the songs which are like you know he can't be trusted or she can't be trusted it's more saying you know oh I I trust my partner so at the end of the day I think what we have is real and I trust them um so it could just kind of took a bit of that um I guess the jealousy feeling and trying to uh reclaim the power in, in a situation like that when you feel like it's a little bit out of your hands just saying oh actually you know I'm quite confident in our relationship so you know you can do you know you can do what you like um so that's kind of the playful idea behind this song head can't be turned I also grew up listening to a lot of um women empowering musicians such as Destiny's Child they had a lot of songs which really gave me confidence and even you know now I sometimes when I'm not feeling confident or I feel like I need an extra boost um to feel better or feel more secure a lot of the music that I listened to really kind of generated that narrative of you know you're special and um yeah just kind of gave me an inner kind of strength and I really hope that I was able to do this with that song as well for other people that may be in situations where they feel a bit of a lack of confidence in themselves to just kind of say you know you're great and just take the focus off that situation and um, so yeah that's that's kind of the meaning behind the song so the next question is I've been listening to your voice and it resembles this 90s soulful R&B sound who are your inspirations so I guess I kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, so yeah, def- definitely listened to a lot of Destiny's Child, um, Beyonce, TLC, um, Usher, a lot of 90s artists. I was really into the band Lucy Pearl and I guess um, Jill Scott is more early 2000s, but I was listening to a lot of her music. Um, Aaliyah, um, there's a huge list of... 90s artists um soulful r&b um mariah carey yeah the the list is is pretty vast and yeah these songs like i like i was kind of touching on before they gave me a confidence they they're songs that you can really connect with um and they talk about you know a lot of emotions a lot of um feeling the blues or or sort of turning a situation around and feeling the power, especially with a lot of the female artists that I listened to at the time, they were kind of, um, they were doing something new with that, taking it to the next level with the confidence um, and the female empowering. So yeah, I'd say from the 90s, those are definitely the artists that I'd been listening to.
So uh, the next question is, what did you used to listen to when you were younger? So quite a mixture of music, actually. So aside from the sort of 90s R&B, there was a lot of Stevie Wonder. Um, I obviously listened to a lot of the greats like Aretha Franklin, Nina Simone, um, Ray Charles, Carole King. Carole King was a big um, influence that I found later on, actually. I kind of listened to her music, um, but her writing, I realised I'd actually appreciated her music as a writer because a lot of um, artists of hers were huge, like You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman and Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. Lots of these songs have been performed by other musicians. So, um, yeah, so she was a big inspiration. So one of my biggest inspirations from when I was younger that I used to listen to and still listen to today is Alicia Keys and I started learning the piano when I was about eight years old and before that I'd always loved singing and I would even write songs um, even though they didn't really make much sense um, when I think back about the lyrics. When I got Alicia Keys's album I was really inspired. I saw how I could combine playing the piano which had mainly been a classical practice for me that I didn't really enjoy the kind of learning process of so much but I was able to pair it with my love for songwriting and singing um, and that was such a big uh, part of my my progress and what inspired me to pursue music so yeah Alicia Keys music the the way you can kind of break the rules and fuse different styles of music together um, has had a big influence on me I listen to a lot of Soulful House actually because my dad um, DJs with Soulful House Records. Um, there are big female vocalists that I really loved, such as Julia McKnight, India, um, Sarah Devine, lots of artists featured on Louis Vega Records. So yeah, big influences from a different mix from a lot of um, different artists. I also listened to a lot of indie growing up in the UK. Indie and alternative music was quite popular. I loved The Kooks. I loved Coldplay. I loved um, Keen. Keen was a big inspiration. And yeah, yeah, a lot of indie artists also kind of inspired me and I think I was able to fuse a lot of styles especially in my earlier music that I wrote was a lot more alternative um so yeah I've, I've had quite a big um mixture of of inspiration I also used to listen to a lot of country music um because my granddad is into that especially um folk as well we used to sing sometimes we'd um, he'd play piano and we'd sing together so lots of different types of music and I love musical theatre as well I have two sisters and we loved kind of reenacting songs singing them in the car um, yeah so I'd say a very big mixture of artists and different types of music Question six is, how did the song Christmas Bay come to be? I've played that song like 10 times, it's so good. How did you get connected with Nico Bryant? You have this natural chemistry with both of your voices. 
So I would say that um, connecting with Nico Bryant came about as a bit of a side effect from the lockdown. Um, yeah, so being at home, I wasn't, you know, we weren't going out at all and I was spending a lot more time on my phone. And at this time, I think a lot of people were creating quite interesting content to kind of engage people and that was quite fun. A lot of um, bigger artists as well were doing different challenges. Um, which I enjoyed and particularly Victoria Monet did a challenge she put some of her vocals onto SoundCloud or somewhere that producers and artists could um, get her vocal and she asked them to do something different with them and I was I had a look at the challenge and there was one posted by Nico and I was blown away by it I was like wow this is amazing not only had he produced it um like added his own production, he'd featured himself as an artist and made a music video. And I thought, wow, this is um, someone that's really talented. And I really loved um, his style and his take on the song. And I thought, working together, doing a duet, let me know what you think, if this is the kind of style that you like, and and let's go from there. And as Nico's in Delaware and I'm in the UK, we were working on the tracks separately and then sending them across so I sent across um I was actually watching Married at First Sight <laughs> you can kind of get my taste in the kind of tv shows that I like but I was watching Married at First Sight Australia and there was this couple who were you know they thought they were perfect for each other they were soulmates, but they just couldn't compromise one wanted to live in the middle of nowhere on a farm that was sort of handed down to him and the other was a city girl she had a career and she didn't want to leave her friends and family and and fly somewhere three hours away into the middle of nowhere where she had she didn't feel there was a kind of life for her outside of that relationship and that was kind of where I got the idea for the song about two lovers who you know they feel they're really right for each other but you know it could just never work so it's this idea of can we just pretend about it and I sent across a I started working on a verse and chorus, sent it to Nico. He put his spin on it and did his verse and um, changed up the chorus and worked on the production. And yeah, it was great. We didn't, he really wanted to use this song for his EP, so we didn't release it straight away. So while that song was kind of parked for a bit, I had an idea to work on a Christmas song. And the song came about actually weirdly, I think it was in September. I'd been in a kind of long distance relationship with my partner for a bit because of the lockdown situation. And it was only meant to be for, you know, a week just to kind of get our stuff together. And then the plan was that we'd move in somewhere. But then the lockdown came in. It was a very hard lockdown. Um, you weren't allowed to leave the house, well, you know, except for exercise and traveling and things like that were definitely um, off the cards. So we ended up being apart for about three months and in the summer when things were lifted for a little, for a little bit we were able to see each other and um, we were quite far away in in England from each other so yeah that kind of put a, a different feel on it and as we realised things weren't really getting better and there were talks that we might be going into another lockdown I then realised oh this means that you know we might have to spend Christmas separately and we'd literally only just moved in together. So we'd had about a month living together and then we were apart. So um, we'd, we would we were together at that point just for a little bit to see each other. And I had this idea of, I was thinking of Christmas and I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to see you. 
um, and I got an idea so I kind of recorded it on my phone and later I recorded parts of the idea down um, with a bit of the production on Logic. I sent the idea over to Nico and once again he'd put his magic on it and you know put his his verse and his take on things and we developed it from there just sort of sending ideas back and forth. Um, so we haven't actually met, we've just been um, writing music together and releasing songs and um, I'd always wanted to release a Christmas track so this seemed like the perfect opportunity. It was a real R&B throwback kind of track, kind of insp- inspiration was from B2K, Destiny's Child with like the harmonies um, and yeah it did get quite a bit of love. Um, I think pe- a lot of people could relate to it at that time. A lot of Question seven. Tell me the story behind the song Hiding Place. I love the production on this sound. It makes me feel like I'm in a quiet room just listening to your voice. So the story behind Hiding Place. I actually started, um, I actually wrote this song when I was studying at Goldsmiths. I was doing a master's in popular music and I didn't have, I was one of the only students I think that didn't have a background in production. Most people had done an undergraduate music degree and then they'd applied for the master's. But I'd done a English literature degree. And because I'd, I had a body of work that I'd been creating outside of that, I'd been gigging, I'd been in bands, I'd been releasing music. I was able to use that as a portfolio to apply for the master's. But it meant that I felt slightly behind with the production. I didn't really, I'd never used Logic program before. So I was kind of finding my feet with all of that. And yeah, Hiding Place, I kind of really stripped this one back. I, I used um, different vocal sounds to build up the track, such as breathings and the um, subtle harmonies. And I used body percussion to build up the beat. And that was to kind of create an intimate feel, which would reflect in the lyrics. And Hiding Place, I wrote when, it was kind of the early stages when I met my partner and We'd seen a lot of each other and then there was one week, I think we were apart and it felt like the longest week ever. But then going into lockdown, when when we were apart for three months or, you know, at this time, I didn't know how long it was going to be, but it had been a while. Um, it felt like the song, it was a good time to release the song because a lot of people could resonate with these feelings of, you know, really wanting to see people that they loved that they weren't able to see. So it became my lockdown love song. So yeah, I'd, I'd produced this song already at Goldsmiths and then I got my friend who was also on the course, went on to become a mixer and he mixed the track and he gave it this lovely um, modern contemporary edge to the mixing. Um, so yeah, that was really exciting to be able to release that single that was um, coming up to, it's not a year ago, but almost a year ago, about 10 months ago, I released that track. So yeah, it's got a very intimate feel. Um, I used a vinyl, the the turning sound of the vinyl um, in the track to kind of give it that vintagey feel. And I had the, I recorded my keys, sort of um, wrestling my keys as to kind of build that anticipation for when you've been apart and you're, you can, you can hear the keys coming into the door. It's kind of like the anticipation of being able to see them very soon. What's the story behind the Project Retro Romance? What does it mean to you? So 
the Retro Romance EP is really a celebration of love. It's a celebration of passion. It was what I felt we needed at the time. Um, there was, you know, I think someone commented saying that one of the blogs had written that they liked this um, EP because it kind of gets you out of the current times of being in lockdown and, you know, there's a lot of negativity. Um, people are feeling a bit fed up at the time and it kind of takes you back. It's got a vintage sound, fused with a bit of a modern touch. And the project, yeah, it's, it's a celebrating um, my experiences of love and finding happiness um, prior to this point, I hadn't really written about, you know, finding love and being and being happy. So for me, it felt like quite a novelty, and I, I really wanted to make the most of this. Um, the first song, "Old Fashioned," is kind of a bit of a play on words because when I was first dating my partner, it was his favourite drink. So we had a lot of dates over old fashions, and, and I almost felt like I was being thrown back in time to you know, those romantic rom-com films. I wanted the production to reflect that, so I recorded a lot using ribbon mics. Um, I researched the techniques that was used in the vintage um, Motown recording studios to record things like the drums and the saxophone and just get a really authentic, raw, honest and vulnerable feel because that's how I felt at the time. And it's very, yeah, it's very much a throwback and a, like an honouring the, the greats like Stevie Wonder in that sense. And um, Mr. Know-It-All, one of his songs, was a big influence in the way that I built up the track at the end where it just kind of goes into a little bit of a different world. And Barnabas, properly, he mixed this track as well which provided a bit of a modern touch on it, especially with the vocals, and um, which would, wouldn't necessarily be displayed on the older track. So it kind of took, took the track and did something new with it. Um, and it talked about as well how, as a woman, I can kind of be a gentlewoman as well. In the middle eight, I talk about, you know, I can do the same things and I can be respectful and, um, yeah, so... That's kind of what that song Old Fashioned is about. Um, if I Had Only Known talks about reflecting over a troubled past and not necessarily having the best experiences, but then realising that if I had only known things would work out well, then I would have had a much um, more sympathetic take on things. I probably wouldn't have got as wound up or as frustrated or annoyed in certain circumstances because I would have known that things would get better. So I wanted to kind of put that message out um, and that's on the track as well. Tears on My Piano is probably the only one that's not really romantic love, but it's about love and it's about collectively coming together to to mourn or in difficult times. It's, yeah, it came from a, it came from a hard place because I wrote the song Tears on My Piano when that was all I could do. I was trying to express myself and get the feelings out um and you know I was just crying at the piano basically but then that gave me that action gave me the the first kind of lyrics and I just went on from there and I was able to finish the song and talk about how we can come together and turn a difficult situation into a positive one 
Um, the other track on there is wonderful, and once again, it's a celebration of love. It's one of my favourite tracks to perform live to an audience because it gets people up. Um, get, I get people singing along and thinking about the people that we love the most. So Retro Romance, yeah, I felt like it was just a really uplifting, um, positive track and just hoping to put some love out there in the world. I released it around Valentine's Day. So I was asked about Old Fashioned and the saxophone, which is a huge part of that track. And it's performed beautifully by my friend, Adriana Rossetti. We met through sort of the gigging circuit in London. We performed a lot together in live full band shows. And yeah, he, he just, adds that dreamy feel to the song. Um, it's a very, I always think of the saxophone as a very luxurious, dreamy, romantic instrument. And I just wanted to create that atmosphere for old fashioned. So that's the, the really big, bold entrance. I was thinking very George Michael, careless whisper kind of vibes um, to really make a statement and introduce the song, uh, the romantic relationship and that we are thrown into. What advice would you give to your younger self when you were starting music or to someone who would like to do something that you are doing, which is making music? So this is very interesting because I have a song that really touches on these kind of issues. I guess I've been quite reflective and yeah, I'm excited to release that one finally, but it's very, it's in very early stages. I've written this song and it's going through the production process at the moment. Um... So what advice would I give to my younger self when I was starting music? I think to just um, try and keep confident, try and keep um, optimistic, which I have done a lot of the times, not all of the time. And I think sometimes with the music industry, you can feel like every day you need to be doing something to kind of further yourself. Um, but that is a bit of a difficult mindset, I think, some days you're just going to want to rest. I've learnt that your journey is going to be unique, so it doesn't really matter what you're doing at the time. It doesn't mean that because, you know, for example, I used to work in retail while I was studying. It doesn't mean that I won't be able to to then later go on and do other things. Um, there's been times where you know, I've performed in a small venue and I didn't think anyone was really listening. But then the following month, you know, I'm performing at the O2. So I would really say it's one of those careers where it is very sporadic. You can't really gauge how things are going to go from one minute to the next. Um, so just having faith that cool things will happen, exciting things will happen, but it's not always going to be consistent. So sometimes it might feel like nothing's happening and then the next moment you know, you're having really exciting discussions with people in the industry. So I would say just try not to be too hard on yourself and to practice patience, which is something I still still try to do. I think we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to always be visible, to always be trying to create content. And I don't think, I realise now that maybe my approach to social media isn't always healthy. I think it's a really useful tool, but if you really don't feel like posting that day or if you need to take a week out or, you know, take a bit of time out, it's really not that big of a deal. Like if I 
look back to last year, I don't remember the significance of not posting, you know, a few days in a row or not posting for a week. So I'd say make sure you're looking after yourself because it, you know, you have to be in a good place to be able to be productive and to be able to, to continue to write and to, to want to, I think, um, that drive and that ambition can always be there, but sometimes the motivation, um, can, can fall off and that's definitely happened to me before but it doesn't mean that in the future I'm not going to get inspired or I'm not going to get a eureka moment that gives me the inspiration for a new project so yeah I think not being too hard on yourself but also working hard and developing practicing um, writing down your goals if there's things that you want to do write them down, tell people about them. You never know who, you know, you say, oh, I fancy doing this or I'd love to do that. And they might say, oh, you know, I actually run that or, oh, I know some of the person that, that runs that. Um, so yeah, I guess just being open with your vision. So the next question is, what's something that you're listening to right now that you want to share with us all? So I've been listening to a lot of I guess this past year, Teyana Taylor, I've been listening to um, Snow Allegra and her, I've been listening to a lot of Mahalia and Jacob Collier. I actually have made some playlists as well. So I make playlists around the music that kind of either inspires me for my work or I think would work quite nicely in a playlist. Someone that I've been loving for a very long time is Anderson Pack, and recently hearing the collaboration with Bruno Mars in their band Silk Sonic has just been amazing. It's such a vibe, but really I love everything that Anderson Pack does. Um, it's just got such a fresh take on things, and he's such a multi-talented person. So yeah, that's another person that I've been listening to. I've been enjoying also watching live performances probably because I there's there's been such a lack of it in the UK lately but soon that's all opening up again so that would be great but yeah I've been watching a lot of um Destiny's Child's old performances and Beyonce and that's really given me a boost I think I was starting to feel a little bit um down about not performing and not being able to connect with people and being a bit isolated but these songs have got me up and got me motivated and Um, Yeah, so that's kind of what I've been listening to lately. So this is the last question. When everything is said and done, do you want to be remembered or recognised for what you did? Ooh, that is um, quite a big philosophical question. I, I hope I make music or I intend to make music that has a timeless element to it. So it's not gonna be necessarily out of fashion it will always have, you know, you always be able to resonate with songs that have real experiences and emotions in. That's the kind of art that I hope to make. Um, I would love to reach, you know, lots of people with the music that I create. I'm not interested in the fame aspect of the music career. I'm more interested in the making of the art and being part of something um, bigger than myself, I guess. And... I would, you know, I think it is nice to be recognised. It is nice when, um, to get awards and things like that. So definitely, um, 
think it is nice to be recognised for the work that you do. Um, but yeah, I guess my main focus is making music that is real and authentic to me and relates to other people. So yeah. Okay, so that's all, my friends. This is the end of the episode, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to listen to this. Thank you to Yoji for taking time out of her busy life to just record these questions that I asked her. I appreciate it. I'm so grateful for it as well. But yeah, that's all. So just go and support Yoji. Um, share her music. Tag her. DM her and tell her that she's really cool and I like her music. You know, she's a really cool person, super down to earth and super talented as well. So I'm super grateful that I got this opportunity to just kind of hear her perspective on music and life and and everything else we talked about. But yeah, that is all. I am in my car in 70 degree weather in Seattle with pants on and dress shoes and it's burning hot, but in a parking lot as well and people are staring at me recording but hey the wandering your podcast is mobile and the grind doesn't stop as people say that's what you're supposed to say anyway i'm gonna end this but yeah you know what to do just go and support us follow us um on instagram on spotify thank you so much we're almost at 700 total plays which is insane to say the least and um yeah, and 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 you guys did an amazing job by listening to Manisha's episode. We're almost at like 30 plays, so that's crazy. So thank you so much again for all the support. Thank you for just just being there for us. Um, I know I've been very quiet. I've, been, I've done no Friday feels, been very silent on, on the social medias, but um, I'm working with some cool friends on some awesome projects. And hopefully, if all things go well, I am going to be in Austin next week, so there might be some really cool announcements, God willing, if things go right, hopefully. Um, But nonetheless, the Wandering Year is coming to a city near you this summer, if not summer, um, we're coming to the fall. So stay tuned for all those cool projects that we're doing. And yeah, I hope you guys all have a great day. Stay safe, be smart. If you'd like to get your vaccine, get your vaccine because I'm now fully vaccinated, so it feels good. And yeah, I'm going to enjoy some pineapples and uh, some lukewarm slash slightly warm Capri Sun because that's how I like to drink it. Anyway, nonetheless, see you guys. Bye.